You got quite the system over here, Mark. What's happening? That's such a good dude system, too. It is such a dude system. You brought over the game controller, and I was like, what are we going to be doing? I'm like, I needed a little bit of weight. What's All happening right. over right. here? What's happening? Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. I'm Jamie Johnson, and I run a private but approachable whiskey club in Toronto. And uh, Mark Bylock's my co-host. Today, we're talking to Sarah Parniak. Uh, who is a uh, drinks writer at Now Magazine and uh, bartender. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks Hello. for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So I guess we're just going to talk about a couple things today. We're just going to sort of like, as usual, let the conversation flow. Um, but maybe start, let's, let's just start talking about like what life's like in a, in a bar for you. Like what's, are you, do you love working in a bar? Life behind the stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I do love working in a bar. I think it's been about 10 years now since I've been bartending in various capacities and something always brings me back to it. So I must uh, either really hate myself or really love bartending. Um, I, I just took a little, like about a four month hiatus and just started back behind the bar about a month ago and really realized how much I'd missed it once I climbed back behind the wood. At a very fancy new it place in Toronto. It is quite fancy. I can't wait to go eat there. That sounds, yeah. You, yeah, I can't wait yeah. for you guys to come and yeah. eat and drink lots, obviously. <laughs> um, we'll try. <laughs> it's called Aloe and, uh, the, well, obviously there's a tasting menu in the dining room, but the bar is just, um. A big old cocktail list and lots of whiskey, lots of uh, French brandy, and uh, lots of good times. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that's okay, awesome. so we can just go there and drink. We don't have to order the yeah, uh, 12 absolutely. course tasting menu or whatever. No, you no, there. not at all. We just actually launched on the weekend um, a list of about 40 cocktails. So our bar manager kind of like threw us into the the deep end. He's like, okay, surprise, it's the weekend. Here's 40 more cocktails to learn. Good luck. Uh, but it went pretty well. Um, and we have a little bar snack menu in there too to, to keep you uh, steady as you down copious amounts of booze. Cool. Hey, yeah. That sounds like a great Friday night. I <laughs> <laughs> will see you on cocktails. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Nobody should drink 40 cocktails in one night. No. no don't. No, don't do no. it. Yeah. Have you seen anyone ever drink 40 cocktails in Absolutely one night? Absolutely not. I'm a responsible server. <laughs> 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 Actually, wait. It might have been me, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one of the perks of being in the industry. You can just be like, uh, people are like, oh, I assume you know your limit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> really know my limit. That's a, that's a bad thing, though. I think that the, the more of um, the more seasoned you become as a drinker, the better you become at disguising how drunk you actually are. So mm -hmm. people are like, oh, no, yeah. you're totally fine. You're totally fine. And you get that in your head. You're like, okay, yeah, I could do, I could do one more drink. <laughs> Not like, should I do one more? I could right. do. I could. Right? It's possible. So. <laughs> then you wake up the next day and you're like, I... I I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, I have such a headache. I feel like garbage, but like, I was totally fine last night. <laughs> Wait, how did I get home? Yeah. <laughs> home? yeah. Where, like, where are my shoes? Yeah. Where's my phone? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, bartending is something I personally do because I adore it. Um, I like people a lot and I obviously love booze, maybe even more than people. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good combo. Um, and where I'm at right now, I'd say like our guests are lovely individuals and 
there's lots of time to kind of introduce them to new things, whether that's a cocktail or whether that's a spirit, um, and have that kind of conversation. And I really am kind of valuing the opportunity to lead my guests into an experience or give them an experience that will, you know, influence them to come back. Sure. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've worked at, so, at different bars. I mean, uh, you've worked at the bars that are very, like, rapid-paced, like cold yep. tea, uh, super rapid-paced, and you're mixing, you know, a lot a lot of quick drinks. And now you and then you've kind of moved more and more into more of a casual drinking environment where guests sit down and ask for specific types of bourbons or rye with their Manhattans and yeah. that kind of thing. And that's – we're kind of at Allo um, modeled a little bit off of, um, like, a London hotel bar. So – you know, we have a, a whole spirits list and a whole cocktail list, and it's quite comprehensive. But a lot of our guests, so far at least, are pretty knowledgeable. So it's interesting to see and serve that kind of clientele. And I'd say in general, like over the past five years, guests have become more informed than ever before. Um, you know, I don't have to ask people if they want rye or bourbon in a Manhattan anymore. They'll usually just tell me and tell me which brand they prefer which is amazing and you know be like you know they'll they're putting together perfect orders you know like i'll have speaking of perfect i'll have a perfect manhattan uh with rittenhouse up with an an orange twist you're like that's amazing if everyone (laughs) could order like that yeah i would be a happy lady so more and more stuff like that is happening and that's absolutely fantastic and 10 years ago how what was the cocktail scene like in toronto I mean, you know, I wasn't cocktail bartending 10 years ago here. Um, I probably started maybe like six or so, six or seven years ago. Um, And I mean, it was growing pains all around. Like I didn't even really know what I was doing, (laughs) I'm sure, at most (laughs) points. Um, So there's a bit of a learning curve, but it was cool to have the excuse to learn. And um, I actually remember uh, a few times other bartenders or guests that were very, you know, experienced bar flies coming in and teaching me cocktails like I learned how to make a vieux carré at the bar from a guest and I'm pretty sure you know I learned how to make a perfect Manhattan when I was working in a hotel bar a billion years ago from a guest as well Mm -hmm. I was like Mm -hmm. a perfect Manhattan well I can make a pretty good one but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's like no no you just split the vermouths um so there was always an element of you know specific guests teaching you something um, but now I think it's, it's much more of a reciprocal relationship and, uh, you can almost assume that most of your guests have at least, you know, a light knowledge of, of drinking and cocktails and spirits. Um, but it's always, you know, welcome to, to introduce them to something new. Like we have, for instance, a lot of, I mentioned we have a lot of French brandies, so we have, Calvados and Armagnac that maybe people haven't seen a lot of before so that's a cool opportunity to like introduce people to to new spirits that you know get them out of like their whiskey phase or whatever it is don't leave for too long (laughs) (laughs) you'll never leave once you're once you're there you're you're there for life but branch out a little bit I mean absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. is brandy like a thing now are people going back to brandy I I have a feeling that brandy might be a thing yeah um when I was at uh, Tales in New Orleans uh, earlier this summer, there was a seminar actually on Spanish brandy, which unfortunately I missed, but a friend of mine hit and he loved it and said that there was, you know, a whole range of deliciousness. Um, and it's not really something that we 
that's in our radar at all, no. right? No. Um, and personally, I'm, I've been a fan of Armagnac for a few years. I enjoy cognac, but I've, I don't know, I find it a little too, you know, it's just not my spirit. Um, so I think that maybe some of those uh, lesser known brandies are going to be having a moment because there's a lot out there, even if you're thinking of Eau de Vie, you know, like I'm seeing more um, even like Palinkas or Slivovitz and, and Mark and stuff out. Now, are those regions or how does that work in the brandy world? Well, to my knowledge, you know, it's it's kind of just different different names for different origins. Okay. So Palinka is Hungarian uh, fruit eau de vie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark would be like an unaged uh, brandy from France. Um, and then you have the Slivovitz, which is, you know, I think usually in the Balkans. Um, so it, it's just, and I'm sure they all have their different production methods, you know, different grandfathers distilled differently in their backyards right. so. yeah. <laughs> different yeah. laws. from different yeah. fruits, different politicians. Yeah. Different, different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, on an aside, funnily enough, I went home to visit, uh, my Zio who is about 85, uh, earlier this summer. And I found out that the guy has a little grappa still in his garage. Amazing. Yeah, he does. He's like, you want to try it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. So there's probably more of those than we than we realize out there. Sure, yeah. I'm gonna be that old granny one day. Yeah, you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, you will. In the garage, it'll be great. Yeah. Jamie's Still like, yeah. I get on board. Step into my office. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> but what about you guys? Do you enjoy brandy, or do you? think about it or are you just I don't even think about it I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I've gone to a, a bar and a bartender has been like here have have this or or you know as a if you're not sure what to get afterwards like I don't usually get dessert I usually get a drink afterwards right. a drink is my dessert yeah so I'll I'll just be like bring me surprise me like bring me something fun like I pretty much like anything I'll, dr- I'll drink anything really I will okay. um you're so, my favorite kind of guest yeah. <laughs> come by anytime <laughs> I will <laughs> so yeah so I, so I sort of was introduced to it that way and I couldn't even tell you what kind it was but all I know is that like in my head I was like brandy delicious wonderful now you know yeah <laughs> and yeah. so yeah but that's about it for me right what about you I haven't had brandy in a very long time there you go yeah. Because I, I think I talk to bartenders. I'm like, I like whiskey. And then I'm like, well, maybe rum. And then might get some rum. But otherwise, yes. that, that's as far as I go. Yeah, rum is another and one. And gin. I suppose that, I also drink yeah. gin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you? Do you find yourselves to be seasonal drinkers at all? Like, do you go for specific kinds of whiskeys, for instance, in the summertime versus the wintertime? Or... Not really. I'll have more gin in the springtime, and that's about it. I think it's right. all whiskey. <laughs> and then it's and like more, back to whiskey. More, more peated whiskeys in the, uh, in the, in the winter, winter time, but that's about I think that's as far as I go. Yeah. Um, cocktails, definitely. There's more, more variation there. But otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I drink a lot more cocktails in the summer. Like, I've noticed I haven't been drinking whiskey neat unless it's been, like, here. Like, doing tastings. Doing tastings or, and yeah. stuff, but mostly I'll make cocktails at night. And... Yeah, 
Yeah. But I'm really excited that fall is coming because it's like I'm going to invest in like a nice peated scotch, which I don't have yet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that's, that's going to the be perfect. Right. And also give Brandy a shot as yes. the weather gets colder because I find that's when I enjoy it most. And mm. also peated scotches, too. Yeah. That's why I'm, well, I'm drinking yeah. Laphroaig 18 today because yes. it's rainy outside. And that's I was like, right. it's perfect. It is yeah. a perfect. Day. You know, like it, it just it's it's a cozy hug for your insides on like a bit of a cooler day. And I find that Brandy can be that too. So mm-hmm. maybe part of the enjoyment or like understanding of a spirit, it really comes with, you know, your context, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I know like rise, for example, I don't like rise as much like, uh, like high rise, like 95% or higher in warm weather. Cause I mm-hmm. find that they don't, they don't stand up very well in high temperatures. I like them in like cooler temperatures. That's mm. a good example of a drink that does change a little bit with uh, temperature. Um, so what kind of brandy would you recommend for our say, listeners so that, that are we don't just, end up like, you know, you know, buying the crap brandy that that people can get generally in a lot of places? Well, if you are looking for something to sip, um, there's a nice cognac out. Uh, it's H by Hein, and I really enjoy it. It's not too expensive. And. I think it's pretty delicious and it's at a price point that if you wanted to treat yourself and your friends to a nice cocktail at home, you could do it without feeling too guilty. Okay. Um, if you're looking to try maybe something different, like an Armagnac, um, there's one, it's actually my house Armagnac. It's called Marie Defoe. Um, and we use it at aloe as well in our cocktails. And I think it's like 45 bucks a bottle or something. And it's really, the main difference between a taste-wise for me, cognac and armagnac, is that you know armagnac's just a little bit more rustic, a little bit more rugged, a little bit just has a, a little bit more intrigue um, for someone that might you know be get a little sick of smooth, too smooth spirits. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing to try. And for Calvados, you want to try something. You know, again, treat yourself. You could try the the Boulard XO that's out right now. It's pretty nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice cool. and rich, perfect after din- dinner drink. Now, um, you mentioned you wrote an article uh, for uh, for now uh, magazine about rum, yes. and this we keep hearing rum is going to replace whiskey or it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't. I spend a lot of time thinking about it because, um, well, I adore rum, so I get really excited. I'm like, yeah, rum's going to finally have its moment. <laughs> Everyone will see. It's amazing, and it never quite seems to get there. I actually had a short convo with um, Adam McDowell uh, the other day and he was at the bar and we were talking about rum never from the um, National Post. He writes the the drinks column for the National Post. Um, And so yeah, rum just never quite seems to get there and why is that? So part of what I was exploring in my article is, um, you know, a more more recent certification for rums in the Caribbean uh, that was put together by um, like the West Indies Spirits Council basically and uh, authentic Caribbean rum. So they're trying to, you know, put, you know, hold rums up to a certain standard of production, um, you know, just put a, a set of guidelines in place to to keep quality up. And apparently um, there's actually quite an issue with counterfeit rums. Really? Uh, because, yeah. So there's like certain rums, like whether it's Demerara rums or Dominican rums or Cuban rums that are kind of protected mm-hmm. or have this uh, cachet that people spend a lot of time, you know, faking <laughs> and <laughs> selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that set up to kind of avoid that happening. 
Um, so I'm hoping that as that certification or that regulation grows, that rum will maybe start to gain a little bit of a little bit more credibility um, because people will start to look at it in a different light. You know, if we think about whiskey, and I would be really curious to get your opinion on on this. Um, most whiskeys are pretty highly regulated uh, spirits, and I'm wondering if you know the fact that they're highly regulated has had something to do with their popularity and helping them being seen as a luxury product more readily than something like rum that's kind of seen as this renegade, yeah. you know, with a bloody history mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah um no absolutely i uh, i think that makes a big difference because you look at like bourbon and american rye, uh single malt scotch it's all highly regulated the whole idea is being you know it's an authentic product relatively i mean the, the consumer education may not be there we, we've talked about this on the podcast before you know i don't think consumers are aware hey bourbon needs something different than like straight bourbon but there is a lot of that there and that's great um and I, I, from what I heard from rum is the same idea. It's like, yeah, but there's rums from all different countries and you don't really know what the quality process is, what's needed, how it's made. Um, I was uh, hanging out with some rum drinkers at an event and I thought I was going to get a really good experience with rum because I'm like, okay, these guys are rum drinkers. And they just kept drinking their rum with Cokes. Like there was just, they would order really expensive rums and it was, they, they would just kept drinking like, I'll have this with Coke and this with Coke. Is that a common thing? Is that something that's um, done or is that, or was I just with a different crowd? I think that we should never underestimate the deliciousness of a solid Cuba Libre. Um, <laughs> they're, they're awesome once in a while, but I don't think it's necessarily the right way to appreciate rum if that's what you're asking. No, like rum is something that is as easily sipped as it is mixed. And I think that people need to get away from that, um, you know, automatic inclination to just mix it with something um, and just be more open to, to enjoying it neat or maybe with, you know, a few rocks or, you know, as you would approach a fine whiskey. Um, because a lot of these rums are just gorgeously aged and so undervalued. So you can get an, you know, an impeccable eight-year-old rum for like 40, 35, 40 bucks. And think about it too. You're, you're in the Caribbean, you're aging in the Caribbean, um, your, your aging process is so expedited because of the climate. So, you know, the, an eight year old rum might be akin to a, you know, 16 year old scotch. My approach with any spirit is just drink it how you like it. But if you really want to learn to understand something or, um, yeah, just like wrap your palate around a new spirit, I think it's really important to, to try it neat, um, before you mix it. Yeah, and Jamie, we've talked about this on the show before, too. We're like, people, first introduction to tequila is like, you shoot tequila. And then for the rest of your life, you're like, well, I'm never going to sip tequila. Or, uh, you know, you get introduced to Canadian whiskey. You're like, oh, yeah, CC and some sort of soda. And that's that's your rest of your uh, thing. But it's good to try, like, the higher – because we try the stuff when they're cheap and we're younger. And now, you know, you have more money. You want to buy something a little bit nicer. Uh, You want to move into the broader ranges. So with rum, what would you recommend uh, as far as different options? I think that there are, again, there are so many awesome rums out there that you don't have to spend a ton of money on to to get a great spirit. Um, One of my go-tos is Havana Club 7-Year-Old. Yeah, Um, It's such a complex spirit. Uh, It's just as delicious in cocktails as it is sipped neat or on the rocks. Um, 
I like to make like rum hattens with it mm-hmm. actually. So if you're looking for a nice variation on uh, one of your favorite cocktails, try it with rum. Um, El Dorado rums. I'm a huge fan of those. Uh, if you want to maybe start with something a little sweeter and, and rounder, do the 12 year old. But if you're into something, you know, more mixable then maybe the eight is a good way to go. Mm-hmm. You really want to splurge. I tried the 25. Whoa. That was wow. one of the best spirits I've tasted all year. It was, it had a finish that lasted for about 20 minutes. It shocked me. That's it was, amazing. yeah, I was just That's kind awesome. of like in this like weird <laughs> orgasmic state after like, walking down the street. I was like, I can't even, I'm going to be dreaming about this for weeks. <laughs> um, and I mean, Mount Gay has, has great rums. The XO is, is quite delicious. Um, and then I don't know, like I'd suggest going if you're if you're a listener in Toronto, head over to Rum Corner and just mm-hmm. ask the bartenders there to to set you up with a tasting and you know maybe you could do a flight or something like that because they they get a lot of unusual stuff in and uh, you know that was just off the top of my head of like what I know you can get in the LCBO mm-hmm. but they get um, a lot of more interesting rare stuff in um, Diplomatico rums also try those out those are fantastic that's awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. it's I think it's so important I think you know it sort of speaks to how important it is to like talk to your bartender like i think it's so i don't know if enough people go sit at the bar which i think for me and i think we've talked about this before is the best part of going out so i mean you know like best seat in the house best seat in the Mm -hmm. house and you know when you have when you go and sit and say you're a whiskey drinker and i remember being um at spirit house like a long time ago and um they're like well are you a rum drinker because we know you like whiskey and i was like "Mm." and they're like wait and so they brought out like all these like cups and they just started doing like a tasting right there and they were like you might like this because you know this is sort of your palate and so the more you go which is you know fairly often and sit (laughs) at the bar you know you're gonna get some fun stuff coming out like you're gonna you're gonna see um you know what's behind the bar and like i don't know sometimes something special comes in and then you get you know definitely (laughs) i think bartenders love to help someone geek out yeah you know we we you know relish the the opportunity to talk to someone who's enthusiastic as as we are about spirits and cocktails and what we what we do so if you're expressing interest and when we get to know you we get to know your palate uh, we'll definitely be feeding you treats along the way. <laughs> and, you know, and that's actually true for food, too. I mean, if you love food, eating food at the bar at definitely. any restaurant is also a great call because the bartender is going to be more. On- well, I, I shouldn't say more honest with you about the food, but they're going to be more like this is what we like. This is what we don't like. You're going to get a more quicker, a- less practiced answers because, like, you know, you know, the waiters said the same thing. What do you like? Oh, I really like the fish. And he said it a million times. And you you know it's practice, but the bar, you know, a bartender may have a little more, uh, more spin to it. Um, We're pretty spontaneous creatures, I think. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have a choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Absolutely, you're. You, that's true. You absolutely are. Like it's it's that spontaneity to like you know. Well, this is what I like, and you're you're always dealing with that situation with making drinks. So when it comes to food, you're very used to uh, dealing with dealing with clientele in that way. And I, I find like 
at the bar always. Like if there's a bar to be sat at where you can have food and drinks, just do that. Always sit at the um, bar. Also great like date choice. Like why are you sitting at Definitely. one table staring with somebody that you barely know across the table on a date? Like no, go to the bar. It gives you something else, somebody else to converse, including conversation occasionally. Uh, and just do that because it's a great way to go. I agree. It's always very strange to me when someone's like, well, let's grab a table. I'm like, no, no. No. Always go to the bar. I can yeah. get it if you're a party of four and you, know, oh, yeah. you don't have yeah. to oh, yeah. no. score a corner spot or no, something. No, totally. And that, um, must, that must be hard, too. Like, if you get too many people at the bar, just because it clogs everything up. And then, yeah. But if you're, a, well, I've gone to the bar by myself. Like, oh, I take yeah, a book and, like, yeah, I love go. doing that. Right? I think so fancy. there's still, well, yeah, but there's still <laughs> such a stigma. I was having a conversation with another woman um, who enjoys drinking by herself at bars occasionally mm-hmm. the other day. And uh, just some of the stuff that gets said to her and some of the experiences she's had, because there are all of these assumptions about a woman that goes and just enjoys a drink by herself at the bar. And I feel I am definitely a feminist. And I think that you, you know, why would you even think twice about, if you're a woman or a man yeah. like going and if you feel like a drink and you feel like going by yourself and maybe it's a reflective drink or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with the bartender why should there be any stigma attached to that why should that be anyone's business but your own and why should you know people get very critical about that kind of thing and i think that that's something that so needs crazy. to stop yeah for yeah. sure because i like i will take my the, there's um a, a pub sort of near where i live which is on the water and they actually have an outdoor bar that's really awesome. It almost feels like a hotel outdoor bar. Oh, cool. Um, so I sometimes, if I can't get a spot, you know, like at my little beach outside my apartment building, I'm like, I guess I'll go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> the my book, yeah, it's really hard. So like I'll go sit with my book, but then just the other, I did it just the other day and I was like sitting right into my book. It didn't, like I wasn't even chatting with the bartenders. Like I was just having a pint and like really into my new Judy Bloom book. Mm-hmm. And which is phenomenal, by the way. And I'm like reading and some guy sits like the whole bar is like free and he sits right next to me and he's like, how's your book? And I'm like, it was great. And that's all I said to him. And then sort of like he just kept coming in and being like, so is it like a romance or like my mom reads? And I was just like, everything about this oh, conversation man. is going horribly right now. And oh, I don't man. know what's making you think it's okay. But like you have a whole bar here. Like I invite you to do what I'm doing right now, sir. At no point did it seem like I was interested in chatting with you. But there is that sort of thing. It's like, oh, a woman by herself at the bar. Like, she's maybe inviting. She's, yeah, maybe yeah, she's looking. Yeah, she's asking for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. She's looking for Yeah, she's like, like looking nope, to like, no, you know, meet yeah. someone. No, I'm absolutely 100%. I'm looking to meet this beer to my lips and read <laughs> this book. That is all I'm looking to do. This is quiet do. time, okay? It's quiet time. To the corner with you. To Thank the corner you. with you. Be gone. And so anyways, yeah, yeah, that's very annoying. And honestly, as a, like as a bartender, I've shut down those situations I, several that's times. Great. Like that. That's excellent. Oh yeah. man, I, that's part of your job. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're you feel like you should be looking out for the you know the welfare of every single guest in your establishment. That's actually your job, yeah. um, by law. But you don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. And I mean, whether it's just distracting someone who seems to be bugging someone else or straight up telling them to back off. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that, you know, a bartender takes control over that kind of situation. Not like a, the guests can't take care of themselves, of but course. I've, it you helps. know, I've seen someone try several times to get rid of someone who's giving unwanted attention and then 
intervention is necessary at yeah. a certain yeah. point, right? It's, I think it's always appreciated. Like for me, I have had a situation where some, a bartender stepped in on my behalf and I really appreciated it because there is a moment as a woman, you're sort of like, ah, oh, could this potentially get worse for me if I start being really like, if I really start being kind of rude or whatever. Yeah, they're not reading the signs. You're right. Like, so what, what, so yeah. you just sort of think like down the line, like what's, what could happen here potentially? So it's nice to have someone come in and, and sort of say like, okay, that's, yeah, just stand up for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you, you don't it's know nice. the person, you don't know, you know. Then it's like it's a two against one, and yeah. it's your odds are better. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice. It's nice to have somebody be like, all right, I see what's going on over here, and like, I'm going to give you like a, I'm going to do you a solid right now. Because like, they're not understanding social norms here. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Been, you might need to. There's yeah. been a polite hint here, like, just stop talking, and then you have somebody yeah. else to enforce that. That's great. If, um, to make yeah two against one is good it's better yeah it's and the bartender's better. also the authority it's like oh mm-hmm. are, are you gonna disobey me well i guess right. no no more booze for you <laughs> right you're That's done true. Yeah. yeah good luck good luck enjoying the rest of your night somewhere else <laughs> no. how, how often do you cut off guests uh from drinking too much how well we try not to get to that point yeah you know uh but sometimes it happens you know whether someone wanders in and they have been drinking heavily before but they seem fine and then you give them that one drink that sends them over the edge and you didn't really realize they were there already yeah Yeah. um you know it's just it's one of those things uh i usually just tell people i give them a nice big glass of water i'm like you know just chill with this for 20 30 minutes and i'll see if i can give you a drink after that but um, sometimes people really struggle to take no for an answer. Obviously, you get belligerent when we're drunk, most of us, right? <laughs> or no. we can slip into the Sarah, belligerent. I do not believe you could be belligerent. Well, except you. You're just lovely all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and mostly people take it well. I think yeah. it's you, – you don't want to embarrass them. That's the, the key thing. You don't want to make a scene about it. Uh, if you do it quietly and you just have a conversation with them, it's the best way to go about it. You don't want to be like, oh, yo, your friend's way too drunk. Take care of them. They're going to obviously get angry. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. yeah. You know, no one likes to, to feel ashamed because they've had one or two too many drinks. But, um, yeah, I usually don't have a problem. And if there is a problem, then just get uh, someone else on that. Yeah. Yeah. Security. Yeah. The best, the worst part about being a good bartender, if you keep serving good mixed drinks, if you'll just sit on that chair, I, I know I do. I'm just like, <laughs> one more, please. This is delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? If I, if I think that someone is kind of getting a little bit toasty, like I've definitely just sent them a dish of some sort before you know if they're not ordering food of their own accord and I've been lucky enough to work at certain places that don't mind like if you're sending someone a snack that's you know a five dollar plate and they're they've been spending a lot of money on cocktails or booze or they're a good patron then the establishment would far rather you treat them to something and have them be safer about how their you know how their night is going Jamie, this is why we get food when we go out drinking for free. It's not because we know the bartenders. We're just like, here, eat some of this. You're like, oh, you have that that ever happened to me? (laughs) Have I ever gotten a free dish before? I've never gotten a free dish before. No, really? Yeah. Oh, you well, must... then maybe this is more of a commentary about me. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's because no, people you like you great. better. <laughs> like, oh, the mouthy one is back. <laughs> Bourbon face her, is yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> give her anything for free. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm really excited to come drink at your bar. Yeah, I can't wait for you to get some. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so excited. It's what's, pretty lovely. What's the like? What's the new thing that's happening? What What are people drinking right now? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, the old fashioned is still it's such it's a still thing. king, nice. eh? It's, really? Yeah. We had a guy come in the other night, and um, John Bunner, who is uh, the bar manager at Aloe, who is um, at Yours Truly previously, and then at uh, Biblos for a bit. He, when he was running the bar at yours truly, he was doing um, old fashioned flights. So he was doing, yeah, awesome. really cool ideas. So he would, um, you could choose from like five or three old fashions from throughout the, the years, right? So you could get like the original, like Jerry Thomas old fashioned, or you could get like a 1950s old fashioned and kind of see and like choose your poison, like choose which spirit or which whiskey you wanted it with and stuff. So there was a gentleman that came in the other night who was obsessed with old fashions. And I was like, well, you actually came to the right place because this man is like king of old fashions. So John set him up with like a, a tasting and he was the happiest. So I think that that's still it's it's a recognizable drink. Um, it's a simple drink. And um, it's, a, it's a drink that's really gotten people into whiskey. Mm -hmm. I think it's yes. an important gateway cocktail for, uh, you know, burgeoning whiskey enthusiasts. Um so that's still a big thing. Manhattan's, um, I think it's kind of been a bit of a summer of the daiquiri, which is awesome because that's very cool, delicious drink. One yeah. of my favorites. I was going to say, you and I went for drinks and you had a daiquiri. I was like, yeah, it looked really good. And like the next day I ordered a daiquiri. I'm like, was it good? I haven't had a daiquiri since I was like probably like 19 years old. It's legal to drink daiqu daiquiris in Toronto at 19. <laughs> but uh, I was 19 years old. I'm like, oh, I didn't like this too much. But no, like a properly made daiquiri is a delicious oh, drink. It is like, so good. So good. The best. So good. Yeah. It's not that. It's not that slushy anymore. It's not that like Seven Eleven daiquiri no. anymore. No, and like, it's not sweet. Yeah, no. and it's. I'm I'm a big fan personally of like the three ingredient cocktails, mm -hmm. and uh, that I think is just you know as close to perfect as a cocktail can get. It and Negroni perfect. too. Yeah. Yeah, Negroni's great drink. Um, ah. But I'm I'm trying to think if there's like any other cocktails that have been having a bit of a moment. I've noticed uh, in the past few months, uh, kind of a bit of a you know, an excitement around the Ramos Gin Fizz. Oh, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, I had one just the other day. What is the yeah. Ramos Gin Fizz? It's like a, uh, it looks like a gin milkshake, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's gin and uh, cream and egg, a little bit of orange blossom water, citrus, and um, sugar with a little bit of soda on top. So it's like this very frothy, meringue-y, if it's made properly, uh, gin cocktail that probably has you know your daily dose of calories, calories in yeah. it but yeah. whatever um so that's kind of been having a little bit of a moment for a while um crushed ice drinks you know i think we've whether it's juleps or sherry cobblers or um like swizzles those maybe it's just the season mm -hmm. you know people mm -hmm. like to drink frosty shit in the, in the summertime <laughs> yeah. um so those but uh yeah i don't know there's it i guess it really just depends on the guest yeah and what I'm, they like i'm really into like tiki drinks oh yeah yeah so and the thing that happens sort of like i know there's a couple awesome places you can get great tiki in toronto but there is no sort of like San Francisco seems to be there's a tiki bar like a really like really crazy awesome tiki bar is like the sort of like 
schmaltzy kind of lame looking ones that mm-hmm. are sort of like they, they're that supposed have been to around look, forever yeah, forever yeah, and they're like supposed a, to look ridiculous. very much a west coast thing yeah yeah and i'm just sort of like tiki always has this moment where it sort of seems like it's gonna happen and then it kind of doesn't um just so, like rum and i wonder if that's, yeah, i'm wondering if they're following the same I arc or, i mean yeah. they're <laughs> complicated drinks to make i can imagine they're you know there's always like four kinds of rum and crushed ice and everything is like fresh squeezed juices and like it's incredible there's a like a really crazy element of spectacle that's right like my i was at um toronto temperance and they do like tiki tuesdays during the summer and like my lime was on fire (laughs) yes and i was like oliver is this safe He's like, no. <laughs> no. I put way too much rum in that. Sorry. I had to come over and put it out for you. Because I was like, it was like 20 minutes later, and I was like, this lime is never going to end. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was like way too long. And I was like, um, I don't think this is okay anymore. <laughs> like, Oliver, help me. Please, please put out my lime. Um, so, but yeah, it seems like, again, maybe that's a whole, maybe it goes hand in hand with rum. But I know that what we've sort of gone back to is that classic cocktail piece Mm -hmm. and so i tiki does not follow that at all tiki is elaborate and like Mm -hmm. so i can imagine it's over the top it's pretty like ostentatious do people come in and ask for mai tais yeah people do actually uh ask for mai tais and it's a delicious delicious drink if you can make a good mai tai like i just i'm so happy you're never leaving the bar i'm never leaving so good it especially is if really it's like delicious a nice tiki mug which i love yeah too. i love the whole thing about it it's super ridiculous but i love it the thing i maybe like the most about tiki is that it um for me gets to like it hits one of the i don't know the central philosophies of like why people drink and that's escapism like and and fun and playfulness right so you're like you're getting away from what you're used to it's absolutely not mundane at all it's an experience and it's it's a very communal one with tiki too like think about all the volcano bowls and scorpion bowls and share you know mai tais for two or like zombies for two um so i think it encapsulates a lot of why people drink um and it's always fun which is something that i think you know with the whole cocktail culture thing the resurgence um people forgot for a bit that drinking was supposed to be a good time and not a serious pedantic time um and tiki would never be serious never it doesn't take itself seriously at all you know by definition so um i would like to see like you more tiki bars in toronto but i don't know i don't know if it'll happen unfortunately we'll just have to keep traveling (laughs) to do it in the kitchen ourselves yes jamie do you own those tiki mugs by chance i own i collect them so i have many of them amazing yes i have an ernest hemingway head i've got i've got like um uh an old 40s sort of like lady i get them all at byob right so i go in there and i see a tiki that i really like and it's i'm done for like i'll just buy it so what makes a tiki a tiki though like what is the what, is there a definite? Oh, I guess that was the first question. Is there a definition of a tiki drink? Well, I think that tiki cocktail culture is a serious mishmash appropriation of a lot of cultures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. kind of it's like it's a little contentious. It's yeah. like a tiki, oh, for sure. Yeah, tiki yeah. is 
you know, in reference to Polynesian gods. Mm -hmm. So, and now all of a sudden tiki has become something we drink in a vessel that's called tiki right. too. So yeah. and <laughs> it's very yeah. American. Let's just put yes. it that way. Tiki yeah. is quintessentially American drinking culture, yes. like cocktail culture itself. Um, so I think, you know, those mugs are just, you know, they're, they're kind of, I think they started off as like, you know, idols, you know, mm -hmm. modeled after idols. Um, but then, you know, you get parrots and Ernest Hemingway's yes. and yeah. <laughs> naked ladies yeah, yeah. <laughs> shark mouths and like oh those are yeah, awesome pineapples amazing. yeah yeah it's yeah people have asked me before like what is tiki it's like some people are so into it it's like a lifestyle for some people almost mm -hmm. like it can you know you can like it's, it's like some clothing and it's bars and it's like drinks and it's like all of it but it's the, it is a it's a mishmash of like a bunch of other like even like um Benny Hanna used to have like a cocktail in like a Buddha tiki sort of thing. So nice. yeah. yeah. Uh, we know we never introduced over drinking. Well, we know Sarah's drinking oh, yeah, LaFroy 18. That's right. We yeah. didn't. Um I'm just uh, about to drink some more. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Sarah's Woo. basically like choose any whiskey you want and sarah's like lafroig 18 haven't had this since i was in scotland <laughs> i haven't had it since scotland i actually i missed it yeah. afterwards and i was like man because i i have some quarter cask and i have some tenure which i love at home but um i saw it the other day and i was like oh should i just get this for my no no get no. in the u.s because it was yeah. way cheaper it's, it's so much money ontario it's oh uh, it's so expensive uh, french and chan brought that from chicago it was like hundred dollars versus 180 here so yeah wow. which is yeah. significant yeah. let's be serious yeah. even yeah. though our dollar is currently shit yeah yes. it's still significant yeah. it's true no it's true it's um, totally true yeah i'm pretty sure that the last time i had lefroy 18 i was actually on a boat <laughs> nice <laughs> heading from isla to jura um where they just decided to take us for lunch one day when i was visiting the lefroy distillery which was amazing. So I think we drank maybe like half a bottle on the boat and it Hello. was awesome. That's there awesome. was like sea spray. We're like trying to, trying to pour the Lefroy 18. It's like splattering everywhere and just like mixing with the sea spray. I was like, this is perfect. Oh, that's this is awesome. Perfect. It was so that's awesome. That's it was amazing. Probably a perfect day. So this reminds me of it. <laughs> and that's, that's whiskey. Nice. Well, that's any drink. whiskey, right? Like, like, yeah, that like that's through. it. Um, Lefroy 18 for me, the first time I had it, and, and then continually afterwards, has had like very good memories tasting those. Just like it's very expressive whiskey. Uh, Jamie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the uh, old granddad, the 114 proof. So, yeah. a nice high rye, lots of spice. It actually made me cough. Um, oh, wow. I know, which I never do. Like, usually, like my husband, like, he coughs after every bloody drink he had oh, sorry Trent um but <laughs> but it actually did the spice hit me today like it's um I I mean I like old granddad like it's a nice sort of regular old bottom shelf delight that we charge $35 for in Ontario but in the states it's not that much it's a like a nice sturdy old granddad type of bourbon like you would think your old granddad would drink it's a it. little bit crusty <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah. nutty it's very nutty it's nutty yeah. yeah and uh it's a bit like it's a bit um i don't even know like it's just a it's a bit jaggedy um which i love and then i like this one sort of even more because if you give me a nice bourbon that's sort of jaggedy and you put the proof up then i'm like i'm totally on board 
for a good high proof. So I love this. Where did you get this? Did Jen get this for you too? Yes, as well. Those Jen, are the two. Jen, thank you. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, those are my two requests because I, I got the old granddad here, not LCBO, and it was like $38. And then and then Jen's like, oh, yeah, they have old granddad higher proofed for $20. I'm like, uh, yeah, because of America. America. Yeah. America. Speaking of the LCBO, America. I've got the uh, Four Roses single barrel from the LCBO, which I quite like, 50% mm -hmm. alcohol, 100%, mm -hmm. 100 proof. Ah, really nice uh, for a good price. I mean, I, I don't know what it is in the U.S. generally, but for here, it's 45 bucks. I think it's like such a good buy at the LCBO. I bought yeah. a couple of bottles because who knows when it's coming back. Um, and just really great go-to high proof bourbon. It's bourbon. Yep. Delicious good. bourbon. It's great. It's a great whiskey. I, I want to ask you a very annoying question. Um, only because I know we have a few uh, few uh, martini fans here, shaken or stirred. As a bartender, like our our approach is that we always um, we always stir a spirit forward cocktail mm -hmm. and we shake anything that has juice or or anything that needs you know a little bit of extra mixing and um, the idea is it's not like you know so you hear some people talking about bruising a spirit. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's actually a thing. I'm not sure that you incredible. bruise it uh, yeah. when you shake it. But you do, um, especially if the spirit is, let's say, like non-chill filtered, um, you're going to get a little bit of, you know, a different look. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a cloudier Cloudy. looking drink. Mm -hmm. um, you're at risk of over dilution if you're shaking something that's basically pure spirit. You just have more control over how your cocktail is going to look and taste um, and how cold it's going to be if you're stirring it versus shaking it. But if a guest is like, I want my, you know, James Bond martini shaken, then yeah. I'm not going to say no. So I, I think <laughs> they're the, the one drinking it. I think the one thing I, I with martinis, I know when I, I used to drink a lot more martinis before I really, really got into whiskey. The one thing I liked about the shaken martini is that it had those little ice chips that just mm -hmm. made it through yeah. the filter. And I kind of like that. I'm like, I'm drinking my martini. I get yeah. that little bit of ice chip in there. It was kind of fun, right? It kind of yeah. made it a little interesting. Um, but you're saying from a science point, like from a technical point well, of view, point, point of view, view yeah. it's more the, the it can, you can control the temperature and the dilution. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also just an aesthetic thing. You know, it mm -hmm. just looks nicer um, when you're stirring it. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also looks like you're taking a little bit more care, which you are. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of what we do is like building anticipation for someone or giving them an experience, even if it's a little you know, a little thing like that, like stirring in a beautiful mixing glass and like, you know, doing things with a little bit of a flourish or just making it look a little bit, just making it look like we care, right? Yeah. Right. About what we're doing. So uh, that comes into it as well. But I mean, I'm with you. Like sometimes a, like a shaken vodka martini is uh, or shaken Vesper even. I know a mm -hmm. lot of people will probably shoot me in the face for admitting that, but I love I'd get down with it. I love Vesper is like one of my, it's my favorite martini. It's a delicious martini. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think if you like those little ice chips or you want it like ice cold and you just want to suck it back or you're like feeling especially bondish, then yeah, <laughs> now get it shaken. Make, what makes a Vesper different? <laughs> um, it's just a, a different cocktail. So it has a vodka and gin in it. And a, um, they traditionally use Kina Lule. Uh, which I guess Koki Americano would be the closest uh, to what Kina Lele. We don't get Kina Lele here mm -hmm. anymore. 
Um, so Cookie Americano would be the closest thing, or you could use like a Lille Blanc. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then just a lemon twist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, when somebody like shakes my Manhattan, I'm usually upset. I'm like, no, right. I don't yeah. want those ice chips or that coldness right. in my Manhattan. Um, I remember a friend told me when I was recommending for uh, bar recommendations for Montreal, they're like, go to this bar. It's a fun bar, but they shake your Manhattans. I'm like, okay, this is good to know. Mm. Um, it's just it's information you need to know. Totally. If you, if you Between love cocktails, friends. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth it, but they're going to shake it. That's just, they, they shake everything. That is their thing. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Okay, we'll order whiskey sour or something. <laughs> right. Order yeah. something with or whiskey neat. <laughs> with uh, yeah, some lemon or juice or sugar yeah. or something else. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. Again, it's kind of like whatever the guest's preference is. I think bartenders should do that. And I'm really sick of you know like I'm not going to stop someone and be like, actually, you should always have your martini like stirred versus shaken and like watch their eyes glaze over like right. if they care and like they're a martini drinker and they legitimately didn't know then maybe they'd be interested in that information yeah but if it's a person that's like no this is what i fucking drink this is how i drink it i've been drinking the same way for 20 years who am i to try and get all like critical on their ass you know and i guess when you're making it at home it doesn't really matter too much anyway because it's no. not like you know how cold it should be generally speaking like you're it doesn't matter too much. No, I mean, like, if you're, for instance, if you're stirring uh, in general, like, it all depends on your ice and the ambient temperature and, like, so many different factors. But in general, we say, you know, 30 to 35 seconds to mm -hmm. stir a drink is sufficient. Uh, shaking, you know, you can probably get it done in, like, 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned you don't like ice chips in your Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. I just, Mark I like, a, a, I like a deeper, a, you have a darker, complicated, like relationship with ice. I do. I really do. That's <laughs> you true. Have the it's, most complicated relationship. Like you think about ice more than anyone. Else. I know it's true. It's, it's a, it's a good point. I, I do have a complicated, <laughs> Jamie's like figuring me out. She's like, so wait, you like ice chips in your martinis, but <laughs> I like ice chips in my martinis too. I'll be very honest. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I like them in hand to be clean and just, well, I don't like it on ice at all. So I just, I just want to clean. You like it up just clean drink no other flavors just enjoying that whiskey and yeah and i think that's exactly what stirring versus shaking would help you do is appreciate the actual spirit mm -hmm. from you know not only the aroma and the flavor but the texture because a lot of spirits have various viscosities or you know you can have a silky whiskey you can have a little bit of a jagged whiskey you can have um all sorts of different experiences. But if you're drinking something that has two ounces of whiskey in it, like a Manhattan, yeah. assumably you want to try to taste, to detect, you know, the nature of that spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why you would go about mixing it like that versus right. shaking the hell out of it. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think this should be a new thing. We ask a new bartender on the show. Shaking like, Shaking or stirred. And watch it, them go off about it for 25 minutes. No, I, no seriously, this is <laughs> tested and true at many bars in Toronto. It's like, so, shaken or stirred. Shaken or stirred. And then, yeah, you get the whole bruised alcohol. I'm like, does alcohol really bruise? It doesn't have blood vessels. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's got no skin. Where would the bruising come from? I mean, I bruised from? myself using alcohol. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> I don't know how this would work. Yeah. I've actually seen, like, I was just thinking about, like, um, 
back in the like well and you can get them at byob which is like obviously i've given them a bit of a shout out today because i love them so much actually they just opened another spot in kensington in kensington yeah um but kristen's uh, awesome she deserves all of the shout outs she's amazing and uh, but martini pitchers like this is a thing that i have not done yet is make a pitcher of martinis when I think I have to, because there's like it's like a thinner pitcher than like would be for water juice, mm-hmm. and it's got this beautiful like stir stick that comes in it, and then you have these sort of like matching glasses. And I guess back in the day when everyone was drinking sort cocktail of, hour, yeah, when everyone was drinking hard liquor instead of like now we drink so much wine and beer. But back in the day, like we used to mix up a pitcher of martinis, yeah, which sounds delightful. Yeah. Although I did see on my Facebook somebody mixed a pitcher of old fashions and I unfriended them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope they did something else before that or they, was that no it was like so it was like a plastic pitcher oh, that you would make juice in yeah. and there was like an empty bottle of like buffalo trace and then they put fruit in it like it was like a sangria oh I see and yeah. hence the unfriending oh okay this is explaining a lot and then right. there was like bit, and then there was like a bottle of bitters next to it and I was like I was like, did they just make a picture of old fashions? Like, first of all, I hope they recognize how much alcohol is in that cocktail. Like, second of all, they just put fruit in it like it's sangria. (laughs) What? Like big chunks, like big chunks of orange and cherries just floating around in this bourbon. I was like, I can't be friends with you anymore. I literally unfriended him. I was like, no, I can't watch that happen. <laughs> oh, I cannot amazing. watch that happen again. That was horrible. That, that makes me sound like an asshole and a snob, but mm-hmm. I was... It does. It actually does. I was the, <laughs> right? I was on the brink of unfriending him because he was a big I, I Ford. I something big, happened before this. Yeah, he yeah. was like... It was during the election when like Doug Ford was like... He was like... He was writing every day about how Doug Ford should be like... Oh, he's a know. Ford supporter too? He's a Ford too? supporter too. Oh, boy. And oh. so oh, it, was, well. it was like... It was literally the final straw. I was so sick of seeing this guy's stupid post and then I was like that's it I'm done and I just like anything he would have posted it you got no respect for whiskey <laughs> you support the Fords I'm over fuck it. out of here boom oh unfriended my God. Toronto's Anyways. famous for fuck die fuck oh, oh horrible was nuts alright horrible <laughs> it was bad anyways oh, I didn't just do that because he didn't appreciate cocktails cause then I'd be a jerk but it was part of it yeah I'm not gonna lie yeah well Back to the pitcher martini thing. You should definitely do that. I bought a vintage um, martini pitcher or cocktail pitcher, and it's awesome. And I bought it because my dad actually has one that he inherited from my grandfather, who is a big martini fan. So awesome. And every Christmas Eve in the Parniak household, uh, my grandmother did not like drinking at all, and she was very, very critical of her husband and all of the kids that would get pretty sloshed before like the ham was even served. Yeah. But that was their one night of the year to like, fuck it, wow. whatever. We're making pictures <laughs> of the season. cocktail. Um, so my dad ended up inheriting my, my grandfather's martini pitcher and he continues the tradition, but just basically like Sarah, it's about uh, martini hour. I think you should get into the kitchen and mix me a jug of martinis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I try not to mix a whole jug because it's usually only myself and my dad that are drinking them. And my brother's like, I'll just stick to beer. I'm not an alcoholic like you guys. (laughs) But he, you know, if you put too much in there, it's going to over dilute. It's going to be gross. But you should definitely try. I usually, Um, when I make Manhattan's at home, I make two at a time. 
And then like Nicole drink like half of it, and then I'm like, yeah. And then I get one and a half. That's yeah, good. You, yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, but I like the idea of like using like Manhattan's you can mass produce as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think the better way to go like batching cocktails is mm-hmm. is a thing that's quite well efficient and also trendy. Like even in bars right now, like people either whether you have cocktails on tap or you have um, cocktails yeah. pre-batched in in bottles, it just all you know. Yeah, I, or I even like the bar- whole process. They do like, or they even do like barrel, like small barrel, barrel aging ones, now. Yeah. Sure. So a lot of the time, if I'm going to like a, a friend's barbecue or a party or something, I'll bring a bottle of Negroni because that's a very easy cocktail to pre-batch. Oh you know, gosh. awesome. Equal, yeah. equal parts, and then you can just pour it over ice as you want, right? You can just stick it in the fridge so it's already cold. Mm-hmm. Pour it over ice, and you could do that with a Manhattan too. I just would suggest not like throwing it in with ice right away, but yeah. just adding ice as right. you need it. As you go, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, barrel aging. So I, I've, I've gone through a phase of barrel aging. I kind of stopped. You know why I stopped? Why? Because I like whiskey a lot and I just, I drink mostly straight whiskey. So right. it was one of those things I'm like, yeah, but you do have a barrel around your I do. I do. I, I went, I like for parties, I'll barrel age whiskey nice. and I like, I'm in hands and I enjoy doing that. Um, what do you think about that? What's what's your thoughts on barrel, barrel aging? Agent thing? Yeah, like self barrel. So we're we're talking about like you can get like these like half liter, one liter, three. Yeah. I think they go up to five liter yeah. barrels. You literally buy a barrel that's charred inside, and you can just you know premix a Manhattan, uh, Negroni, um, a few other kind of drinks, and just pour them in there and just let them sit for five days, ten of, days. Yeah. You can sip at them at a time. The best part is you have a Manhattan ready to pour. You just literally pour it into a. Uh, thing put some ice stir it a little bit pour it out and boom you pour into glasses and you've got a cold manhattan it's pretty great the worst thing is though that you risk overaging if you don't know what the fuck you're doing yeah and absolutely. to be honest i've never and maybe this is just me but i've never had a spectacular barrel aged cocktail and i've had a lot of shitty ones yeah mm. so i think if you're gonna go that route you have to be tasting constantly like yeah. every day because I think that one day will make the difference, especially when you're with, you know, you're dealing with a tiny little barrel. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it can add some depth and like some people like swear by like a barrel aged Negroni or yeah, their own barrel aged Manhattan. And I, I get it. It's just that I have never had an exemplary one and maybe yeah. I'm just, you know, have to keep searching. No, I, I think that's my one problem with it. I had trouble timing it for the party so like okay i'm on one for new year's i'm on for my birthday or something like that to serve to guests and it was like how do you do this where the first time you use it obviously you're going to get a lot more as it's going to age quicker and then the second time third time fourth time like and then i noticed there was like a thing where it like would peak down first before it peaked up so you kind of had a drink and then it was okay i usually made a very like overly whiskey proof manhattan for example i use less vermouth than usual and i figured like it would all kind of balance out but it did but after like 10 days it was a terrible manhattan but after 20 days it was good mm-hmm. but then after 30 days it became too uh, it just it was too long and then the next time around all those numbers changed hmm. it made it very hard to predict for mm. parties right yeah and and the barrels themselves are not cheap i mean like if you could buy like 12 barrels a pack hey that's okay but they're like 80 or I guess yeah. 60 to hundred dollars, give yeah. or take. Yeah. How many times would you use it twice? Um, I, I used it up to four times. Yeah. It was okay, but yeah. it just, just took longer. And the more often I use it, the more vermouth I added in the balance making more of a traditional Manhattan on the fourth time. Uh-huh. Cause I knew I was going to get less flavor from the barrel. Got it. 
but again, it's, it's, it's an art, it's not a science and it's hard to predict that for events. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think if you wanted to do like, if you wanted to batch a cocktail and like just have it there, that's probably what your barrel is great for at this point. Like if you didn't want to serve it in a plastic pitcher, great right? Point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you make it all in one night. I can and make it can, fancy, like, serve there. it, like make it that morning, put it in the fridge. There you go. That's my favorite part. You just have it in the fridge and you can, it's already cold. <laughs> It's like, like having a box of wine. It's just like, here you go, no ice, here's Manhattan. Done. Great party idea. There you oh, go. So good. There you go. So good. Done. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I actually have a barrel and I haven't used it yet. So maybe I'll try it uh, one day and like give it a shot. You should. I'll come, you should. I'll come asking your advice, Mark, because. Oh, we'll totally oh. come to that party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to have to help me drink it all. Great. Awesome. Awesome. That doesn't sound like too much of a hardship, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, I think we do can I help have you. Just <laughs> <laughs> my arm. <laughs> Sarah, what are your go-to whiskeys currently? I know it will change every oh, man. Yeah, so many whiskeys, so little time. <laughs> my new favorite whiskey in my collection mm-hmm. um, that I want to drink all the time, but I'm trying to like dole it out to myself slowly is Nika from the Barrel. So delicious, Mm -hmm. and in the most beautiful little square bottle, like or oh god, it's just perfect whiskey. Um, So I really love that. I have I've been having kind of a moment with Japanese whiskey for the past couple years. Um, I just love its subtleties, and I I love how it's so distinctive. It is Scotch esque, but definitely not Scotch, and um, I think they do that so well. Um, I. Love me some rye occasionally. So mm-hmm. I have a bottle of Willet at home that I'm also trying to mm-hmm. use sparingly because I <laughs> love it way too much. Yeah. Um, what else do I really like? Um, honestly, as a go-to like house whiskey that I, mm-hmm. I find myself you know, serving to people and just enjoying myself a lot is Writer's Tears. Mm-hmm. I like Irish whiskey a lot, and I think it's kind of like an, a light kind of lemony but not boring whiskey um i just i i enjoy it it's easy but it's not boring for me so Mm -hmm. that's a good one um i I find that i've actually i don't i'm sure i'll come back to it but i've moved away from bourbon a little bit in the past little little while um maybe because i drank so much of it for so long that i wanted to explore different whiskeys um, but I have developed like a, a more of a love for peated scotch mm-hmm. in the past year. So that's a nice kind of like last dram for me is like, I do love my Laphroaig. Like I don't have the 18 at home. Like I said, that's why I'm drinking all of your bottle. So that's kind of like a kind of in a nutshell. Um, but I'm always open to trying new whiskeys. And actually, if we're if we're talking Canadian whiskey, I have this. Maybe it's because my and my father instilled it in me. Weisers is like his whiskey forever. Mm-hmm. Loves it. Um, Legacy. I like that whiskey a yeah. lot. I, I do. It's as like well. a nice little dessert whiskey, um, and it reminds me of my pops. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I think nostalgia has a lot to do with. Oh, for sure. Lots yeah. of the things yeah. we like. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. No, that's awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you, Sarah. Um, You can see Sarah at Allo Restaurant if you're in Toronto. Otherwise, meh. Or just (laughs) pick up a Now Magazine. Yeah, and also Now Magazine. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.